This podcast is designed for you to discover more about who you are, to challenge your old adopted beliefs, and to expand your awareness at what's really possible. I'm Adam Esco, and this is The Unspoken Agreements. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. So good to have you here. I always like to say thank you. There's a lot of places you could be and you're here right now and I want to give you a gem today, something that's really important and it comes up with a lot of leaders. Certainly I, I have faced my issues with this topic as well and I hear this example of how can I get my assistant to follow through on things that I want him or her to do. Like she, let's just say she, she keeps dropping the ball. So today what you're going to hear are the key components that the most successful leaders do to communicate, which really makes follow through and accountability easy. And it honestly just takes place in a matter of seconds. So whether we go for about 15 minutes today or 20 minutes, um, the whole point is you're going to be able to take what what I share today and and start using it. And it only takes a couple seconds to use when you communicate. You know, I just went through this. I hired uh, someone, an, an online business manager, someone that I, I is really, really smart, um, has an amazing heart. Uh, it's an incredible value match. We have very similar values. So uh, we communicate very easily and we, we see things, or at least I thought eye to eye, very much the same way. And I hired her to help me implement some of the things that I didn't want to focus on. I want to focus on the things that I'm good at, where I want to put my creative energy um, on building my business. And I wanted to outsource some of the things that uh, you know I just didn't care to do, honestly. And so in our first meeting, we had a game plan. Um, and I, I'm, I'm talking about this because it's going to relate specifically to the trap that so many of us leaders fall into. So we had a game plan, and with that, there were things that were delegated that I was going to focus on, and there were things that were delegated for her to focus on. And then we were going to meet up in a couple weeks and just kind of update how everything was going. And what happened was after two weeks, we were supposed to be, uh, listen to me, we were supposed to be, I'm using air quotes, to be communicating throughout those two weeks, and a lot of that communication never took place. I was reaching out to her. I was never hearing back from her. Um, and a lot of the things on her plate didn't get done. Now, let me share with you what was going through my headspace at that time. I was ruminating with thoughts. I was like, why is she not getting this done? Why is she not getting back to me? I'm emailing her, I'm boxing her. I felt frustrated. Part of me felt annoyed. I was really confused. I had all the feels and I want to step back and really share with you what the issues here were and how you could use this example to um, really go another level up in your leadership and your communication. Because as the leader, as the one that came and hired her, this falls on me. This is on me. And I, thankfully, in a very short amount of time, was able to diagnose the problem. One of the main issues here is that I had expectations. Okay, well, how do I know I have expectations? You really catch yourself 
when you have expectations, when you start thinking things like, "Hey, she should be doing X, Y, and Z, and she's not," or "She ought to be doing that by now, and it's not getting done." Hear the language here. I really want to pick out the language. Should be, ought to be. That is expectation land. So I'm going to slow down and say you might be thinking like, okay, yes,、yeah, so what? I don't see a problem with that. She should be doing that. You guys talked about that. She ought to be doing that, and she wasn't. So what's the problem? Expectations are the problem. They are ours. The way I'm using expectation, they are ours. We have those expectations, and they're ours and ours alone. And when someone else fails to meet up to our "quote unquote" standards or expectations, that leads to internal chaos. That led to internal chaos. Obviously, if you're hearing this, you may be thinking of the workplace, but this goes into any relationship that you have, personal or professional. Someone fails to meet your mentally, your mental standards or your expectations. It leads to that rumination of thoughts. It leads to cr- cr- all kinds of emotions: frustration, anger, resent. And I will share with you, as a successful leader and communicator, this is so 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 important. We really need to switch out. Of our expectations and into solid agreements. I'm going to say that line one more time because it's so important. We need to switch out of our expectations from our expectations into solid agreements, and that's what I. So to fast forward, in two weeks later, in this conversation virtually that I had through Zoom with. Um, this person I have a great deal of admiration and respect for, and at the same time had all of these emotions that were coming up for me. And I'll talk about this more in other podcasts because there's a lot of gems through this. I wanted to address this, and I did so respectfully. So we spent about half the time in that next meeting getting solid around agreements. And shifting out of the expectations that I had, so getting,、uh, so I'm going to get into how you could use this, and it helped. It has helped tremendously, tremendously. Okay, so I'm going to show you where most people go wrong. So let's say, as a dental owner or an employer,、uh, let's say there's a dental owner or employer who's talking and has a conversation with his or her assistant. And it sounds something like this. It sounds like,、um, "Hey, Diana, can you do me a favor?" Diana, being the assistant,、uh, the person speaking is the dental owner or the employer. Hey, Diana, can you do me a favor? Can you call the implant implant rep and order these parts? Well, we have Miss Smith coming in a, in next week, and we really need to be prepared. And your assistant's like, "Okay, yeah, sure." So very polite, sharing a little urgency. We have Miss Smith coming in next week. We need to be prepared, and then that's it. And then you, what happens, right? You you leave,、uh, and you expect your assistant Diana will carry on what you want them to carry on.、Um, and then what happens, right?、Uh, you you get to the end of the day. Maybe you're, if you're still thinking about it, like the thought pops back up, 
and uh, you're like, oh, Diana, did you um, did you call the implant rep and, and, and order those parts? And your assistant says, oh, I, I couldn't because things, you know, the, biz, the schedule was so busy. Things were crazy. And I just I just didn't have the time today, but I will. And you're like, wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. What? What? The, what? You know, how can that be possible? I mean, you were just so polite with your ask. You talked about, you shared the urgency. You relayed that. Then you feel, you get all the feels again. You feel annoyed, frustrated because you're expecting them to call the rep to get what you need to done and it didn't get done. And most likely, if you're listening to this, you could think about an example where someone didn't follow through on what you talked about. And... The more and more, so so the more and more this happens with a particular person, the more what's going to happen. Obviously, you lose trust and faith that they're going to do what you want them to do. Uh, like, and what happens if you didn't even think about bringing that up? That they'd said, "Oh, I couldn't get that done." You might not have gotten in on time. You could just show up to your appointment the next week and you don't have what you need to have, right? So that all these things lead to you losing trust and faith with this person. It leaves you with all kinds of stress and frustrated emotions. So what do you do with this? If If this is happening to you repeatedly, you're probably like, F this, honestly. Like, I'm just going to do this myself. You probably justify to yourself that, hey, if you want to get, if you want to do something right, you got to do it yourself, right? How many, if you're someone that's, that says that and believes that, then, then most likely you've gotten burned a couple of times. So you start calling the reps yourself, you start doing the ordering, you start putting more and more things on your plate and you, uh, you, the story that you come up with is like, Hey, I've tried to give this person the chance to follow through. They're not following through or they're not following through to my standards. And it's not worth the emotional stress and the mental reminders, the, all the open windows. So I'm just going to take care of it myself. But what's the problem with that? What's the problem with you taking on more and more of yourself? You don't have much free time as it is, and now you're going to have less and less and less. And because you have less free time, you're now even more overwhelmed and stressed with all the little minutia things that you're putting on your plate. It becomes a vicious cycle. Okay, so how do we get out of this? So what what are we looking for here? We're looking for, this is like a math problem, right? What if you could increase the likelihood of Diana doing what you want her to do. So what if you are uh, can just improve the likelihood of someone to do what you want them to do, to have them stop dropping the ball, to have follow-through be something that's more consistent? And you could do it by extending the conversation an extra 15 to 30 seconds. That's all we're talking about here. What I'm about to share with you is tactics. It's a skill. It's super easy. And this is just one example of how healthy, effective communication can sound like. All right, so let's go back to the example here for a second. 
hey, Diana, can you, and listen, my voice gets so, <laughs> I'm laughing, I always laugh at myself when I'm, my voice goes up a couple like octaves here. Hey, Diana, can you do me a couple of favors? Is that what I sound like? I guess so. Hey, Diana, can you do me a favor? Can you call the implant rep and order these parts? We have Miss Smith coming in next week and we really need to be prepared. Then Diana says, okay. And then I would say like, well, is that a solid agreement? So is that a solid agreement? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. For some assistants, um, they could that that might just be it. They might get it. They might be really good at following up. You might some people you talk to and they say, okay, it's like okay, good to go, done. Or even in some circumstances, right? Let's say it's not a very busy day, um, they might just be more likely to follow through on what you want them to follow through by luck itself, just by circumstance alone. But we're looking to bump up our conversion rate. We're looking for ways that language that we could use to help get more solid around our agreements, help get more solid around commitments. So how can you do that? What was missing in that ask? Well, there was no element of time in there. So although, so because I'll say this again, hey, Diana, can you do me a favor? Can you call the implant rep and order these parts? We really, uh, we have Miss Smith coming in next week and we really need to be prepared. There's no element of time in there. Although urgency was implied, it wasn't explicit. So maybe Diana didn't pick up on your urgency or maybe she just didn't fully commit. But either way, it's, it's our job as effective leaders and communicators to transition from implicit to explicit. And I'm going to talk about how to do that in a second. But I want, I want to just call out what's happening here. Many of us are not very good at being explicit. And I am calling myself out fully here. Like, I was the worst. You, If you were like in, a fly in the wall in our house... And you would hear how I communicated with my wife sometimes. I'm just going to totally call myself out here. Um, there were so many soft asks going on in the house. So I, the periodontist, was talking to I, my wife, the prosthodontist, to Dennis, talking to her. I would come home. I would think I, I, I want to ask her a question about a case. Let's say I want to ask her a question about a case, um, a patient I saw, and I wanted her opinion. I'd be like, oh, oh, honey, um, do you think you could kind of sort of help me with this patient's case I have? I have a couple questions. You know, it's no big deal if you don't have time. Like, <laughs> like it could feel really scary to be explicit. Um, it's vulnerable, right? So uh, what if they say no? What if what if they get offended? What if they judge you? You know, there's, there's some reasons if we're not uh, strong around that skill of being explicit. There's something that's usually getting in the way and holding us back. The truth is I had to do work to get over that. And once, if you recognize this in yourself or probably recognize it more easily in others, um, and you do the work to get over that, it could be extremely freeing to speak directly, to put out respectful asks, requests, and even declarations. And it's really, really helpful for the other person too, the one that you're speaking to. All right, so let's go back to the example here. So instead of, hey, Diana, can you do me a favor? Can you call the implant rep and order these implant parts? We have Miss Smith coming in the next week and we really need to be prepared for the case. You're gonna say something like, very subtle, subtle here. Hey, Diana, can you do me a favor? 
can you call the implant rep by 2 p.m. and order these implant marts? We have Miss Smith coming in the next week and we need to be prepared. Time element, by 2 p.m. Now, this example is a request. How do we know this is a request? Because Diana can respond a number of ways. She could respond four ways. She could say, yeah, yes, I'll do it. I'm on it right now. I'm done. She could say no. That's the second one. Yes, one, two, no. Number three, she could say, I can't do 2 p.m. but because I'm really busy with the schedule and there's a lot going on, but I could definitely call her by 4 p.m. So it's like a negotiation, a counter proposal. And the last way she could respond is she can say, I can't, you know, like, listen, there's five patients here. I, I can't really give you an answer right now. I, I got to look at this. Um, but I could definitely, I'll seat this patient and I'll come back and I'll give it, give you the answer then, or I'll give you an answer by 10 a.m. So it's a commitment to commit. So those are the four ways. Yes, no, a counter proposal or a commitment to commit. And and that's when you know you have a good the good elements of request. There's many ways that they could respond. And requests like this are are great and they take practice and it's a really healthy way for both parties to come to a mutual agreed commitment and you could have more solid accountability around that. So I also want to share one other thing. You may say like, well, what if I, you know, what if it's really important and I, I can't, I don't want them to say no. I, I want to, I, we just need to get it done and we need to get it on ASAP. So in those cases, it, it might not be as appropriate to make a request. You might need a declaration. You might need something a little stronger. And that's what th this could sound like that. Hey, Dinah, I need you to call the implant rep by 2 p.m. and order these implant parts. We have Miss Smith coming in next week and we really need to be prepared. As you could see, the language changes. This is now, hey, I need you to. Okay, so, and that, that could be useful. Uh, that could be really useful in getting what you need to done when, when you need to and you, being intentional around that. Um, I would say that for building a team valued culture and mutually respectful environment, it's my opinion to use those types of declarations intentionally, like I was just saying, and, and sparingly people like choices. So the more autonomy you could give, uh, your, the people you're around, your, your team, your staff by using requests instead of declarations, the more they will respect and value you as leader. This is an opinion, um, but this is what I've heard over and over and over again. Because think about it. Think if you were on the receiving end of this. Um, hearing a request gives you a lot of options. It gives you voice. It gives you an opinion. And over time, that, that goes a long, long way. So when you put your ask out, be explicit. Now, the final thing is, I will, here's one more thing you can do to help whoever you're talking to, in this case, your assistant, follow through with her commitment. It's good practice to have the other person, in this case, your assistant, state or declare what they are doing as they're committing. So 
I use the framework, I will do X by Y. So Diana, she could say, yes, I will call, it's just how she'll reply. Yeah, I will call the implant rep by 2 p.m. and order the implant parts. That's what a commitment feels like. And you could use that for yourself, by the way. That's that's a, an incredibly valuable practice. That's what a decision feels like, y'all. It's I will do X by Y. It takes it off of your mental plate. Then you're like, great. Um, and But to, if you really want to be a next level leader, here's what you say. So you're, so they just, so here's the conversation. Hey, Dana, can you uh, call the implant rep by 2 PM and order the implant parts? And then you coach her. Um, yes. And not only yes, but yes, I will call the implant rep by 2 PM and order the implant parts. And that's starting to build like the mental habits, just good language habits around commitments. And now for you to be next level leader, you'll say, you could say something like, what do you need from me in order to get this done? Or like, how can I support you? Whatever feels right to you, but you give them a chance. How can I support you? This one question at the end of their commitment does two very, very important things that attribute to your success. The first thing it does, is it gives them a second to think. Think of something that they hadn't thought before. There's an issue or question that they may have. They may just be like, oh, you know, I have I have this one question. I don't know how to solve this. So you could problem solve that together. And when you do, you could get more solid behind the agreement because it gives them a chance to work out, you know, whatever issues or problems they may have around their commitment. And you could kind of clear that for them. And as leader, that's that's just a great, a great uh space that you could help them with. And the second thing it does is it gives them permission to ask you, right? They could share, uh, it gives them, it gives them permission. So they, they may have something that they want to ask you and it gives them, you, you gave them permission to bring it up with you, which is really powerful. So they could share something like, um, you know, is it just these parts that you want or do we need backups or different sizes? You know, they could bring up all kinds of things and you might be like, oh, wow, I didn't think about that. Yes, great idea. Let's order this. Or they may say like, if I don't, you know, they bring up an issue or a problem they think of and you could be, you know, problem solve on the spot. So it's, it's a great question for you to give them one final opening for them to bring up whatever issue may come up or just permission to say something that's on their mind. So these these are really, really important principles. They go for any type of relationship. Uh, and to wrap up, I, I, I'll, I'll sum this all up together. I'll bring it back up in a bow here. If you want someone to help you, you really got to be aware of when you're making expectations and to shift your expectations into agreements when you're putting an ask out there, be explicit with your ask. Include time. Decide whether you want to make a request or if it's really urgent to state a declaration. And when you're coaching either yourself or someone else around commitments, you could use a framework with, uh, I will do X by Y. I will do this by this time. Finally, when you are wrapping up with them after their commitment, ask how you can support them or 
Do you need? Do they need anything from you? That gives them a chance to bring up an issue or a problem they may have or might not know how to deal with that you could help them problem solve. And it gives them the permission and space for them to bring it up in a very safe way. So this was a lot, a lot of material. This was very uh, academic. And this is really important for healthy, effective communications around making commitments and holding each other accountable, holding yourself accountable, any relationship. Go ahead and listen to this again if you need to. I'm here to support you. You've got this. Make it a great day. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're someone that feels frustrated with the way your team meetings are structured and realize they turn into complaining sessions and things oftentimes just fall through the cracks, I've got a great resource for you. Just head on over to my website at www.adamesco.com slash team. That's adamesko.com forward slash team and download the team meeting agenda and template that's going to help you have more productive, more efficient, and hopefully more fun meetings. It's a real game changer. So it's there for you. Head on over to the website and I will see you next time.